0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, back with another movie review, this time for Bad Times at the El Royale, out in theaters now. As always, we will begin the review with just a general spoiler-free section that will tell you whether you should run out and see this in the theaters immediately, whether you should wait for it to be on streaming and possibly buy it on Blu-ray, or whether you should ignore it completely. Now, this film, directed by Drew Goddard, has an ensemble cast And just in a very generic way, I would have to say, yes, go see this out in the theaters now. Probably, in my mind, the best film that I have seen this year thus far. And that's saying something, considering I tend to be somewhat skewed towards comic book-related movies or superhero-related movies that make me um, light up and just be terribly happy whenever I watch them. And uh, I think this film is... um, Like I said, it's probably one of the better films that I have seen in some time. It has just a bit of a Tarantino feel to it, you know, just a smidge. Um, And it is not a movie for people that like to see things in a a very linear fashion, where it's just a single story being told from a single perspective. But... Uh, if you like something that's somewhat challenging, if you don't mind some violence, um, uh, it's it's fantastic, truly truly fantastic. And now for our patented pudding review system, completely scientific but not really, comprised of a hundred points divided over several categories. We have cast, we have director and editing, we have costume and props, we have location, we have cinematography, we have plot and writing, and of course we have the option for bonus points. This will all add to a total that will somewhat remind you of a grade you might have received in school, and we will completely arbitrarily add and subtract points at our own discretion. So let's dig into it. So... I normally start with Cass, but this time I'm going to flip it around. We're going to start with the director, Drew Goddard. Uh, Now, generally maybe not a name that everybody is completely familiar with. Um, This is an individual that I've known for a a little while, and so I got a little excited when I heard that he was involved with the project. Um, He's done episodes for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's done episodes for Lost um he did uh, directed uh, Cabin in the Woods and the Martian and uh, the Daredevil television show. Um, so he's got, in my mind a pedigree of some really good stuff. Uh, so coming into this, I'm already kind of excited and doing the thing that I try not to do, which is build up my expectations in my mind, but uh, uh, you know, He's done really good stuff in the past, so I have to expect that he will do things that, that are at least pretty decent uh, going forward as well. Um, so in terms of uh, directing and editing, uh, we'll start with what I kind of mentioned at the beginning. It's got a bit of a Tarantino feel in the sense that there are... Um, Multiple perspectives that the movie is taken from. Now we'll get into that a little bit with the plot. But to go along with that, um, it's really difficult, at least uh, from what I've seen in in the past, to put a movie or a television show together that does this sort of a change and elicit a performance from uh, the participating actors and actresses um, that will maintain the connection uh to to the audience to maintain that interest level when it shifts around so much because it's it's really got to keep engaging you whenever you're going to change things around and jump things around for a lot of people uh that is something that really can break the break the concentration break their ability to, to stay engaged to the movie now for me i like it to be a little more complicated because uh, the same old, same old sometimes gets just a little bit old, but um, I think that uh, I think that uh, he did this admirably. Um, I I have to uh, I have to expect that the at least it seemed from from the product of what was there that he had a good connection to those that he was working with, and there was kind of this uh, seamless uh, flow. Now on top of that, uh, with the editing. Again, when you're jumping around the way that they're doing, it, it's not like, it's not quite as Tarantino as Tarantino. Uh, so when there is a shift, it doesn't shift back and forth between the multiple perspectives. It sticks with the secondary perspective, but um, it, it uh, you need to have some extraordinary editing to not make it feel jumpy. Even though this is kind of a suspenseful movie, you don't want that feeling of, of disconcertment to come from the way the scenes are stitched together. Um, and you also don't want things to drag in the wrong spot. Uh, I, at least it seems that the, the intent is to have this kind of slow build as it's going through. You want to you know, have this feeling of, of dread. Not dread, but... Um, unease this anticipation of unease is something's really wrong just slowly building as the characters are revealed as the history is revealed and so the editing seems to support this along with the storytelling it, it's it's there when there needs to be a longer set of pauses between uh, uh things that are happening you know that it's there and when it needs to just go you know chop back and forth between different things it's, it's definitely it's fantastic um so i don't really have a whole lot to say on the director i i don't have anything to nitpick <laughs> i think it was done really well i mean you know i i'm always reticent to give a perfect score in any specific category but i'm going to give about as close as i've given and i'm going to give the director 19 of 20 on this now we're going to move back onto the cast, which is normally where I start. The cast on this is fantastic. Um, it, it's one of those things, again, that builds my anticipation of seeing the movie. I see who's going to be in it, and I go, I really like these people. And I have difficulty stepping back and saying, okay, I just need to give this a chance to do what it's going to do in the judge it on its merits. But I built up, it's like, this. this should be really excellent because you've got Jeff Bridges. I mean, if you don't know Jeff Bridges by now, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast as Father Daniel. Uh you've got Cynthia um Arrivo, I believe is the pronunciation as uh Darlene. Uh she has been uh, the only thing that I really recognized was widows. Um I have not really seen her in anything else. Um but uh you know still you know kind of neat you've got uh dakota johnson who's in the 50 shades movies which i won't watch and uh social network and a few other things but uh you've got john ham you've got chris hemsworth you've got nick offerman you've got kaylee um um uh, spainy is it um i'm trying to remember off the top of my head uh, uh, the, the name of the the young woman playing the uh, sister. Uh, you've got Lewis Pullman. Um, so, I mean, you've got this really great list of actors and actresses in, in a really tight cast. Now, that's the other thing that really got me about this movie, the, the casting on this. There are not a lot of extras, and by not a lot, I mean almost none. Uh, everything is driven by story-wise and plot-wise by these these uh these characters so the people that you plug into them need to be able to carry those sort of things so jeff bridges um fantastic um his his performance was dead on i mean and you know to a certain extent you're always going to get this you know actors in a lot of ways is playing parts of themselves and jeff bridges played a very jeff bridges character in some ways uh but that's not a bad thing. Uh uh it's it's hard to dislike anything that he's ever been in for me. Uh he's one of the actors that I really admire quite a bit. Um but in this he definitely did not disappoint. Uh um uh, the the character of uh, Darlene, the actress uh, Cynthia that played that, uh you know, not having really seen her in anything, she did fantastic. She had uh, an ability to emote that was really surprising. Uh, I guess it's surprising because I haven't seen her in anything else. But uh, regardless, she's, she was able to relay um, uh, emotion very well in her, in the way that she um, uh, holds herself in the, in the, in the facial um, um, contortions that she has. And man, her voice. Wow. Very, very nice voice. Um, uh, I can see why they cast her in this particular part for this character. Um, Again, just did a fantastic job. Uh, Dakota Johnson, while I'm not quite as familiar with her stuff, just because, like I said, I I wouldn't see the Fifty Shades movies, just not my cup of tea, uh, but she had very good presence. She was able to, again, just kind of be the character and do really well. Um, I was kind of, um, maybe not surprised, but, you know, kind of happy to see John Hamm. I mean, for people that know Mad Men, and he's had several little uh, guest appearances on SNL and things like that. Uh, he can be very funny. He can do drama very well. Obviously, uh very handsome gentleman, um, can be very dapper. So seeing him in this character that's a character within a character sort of a thing and being able to shift gears between several different, uh, persona, uh, or at the very least, uh, several different, uh, appearances of persona within the movie. That was really fun to see, to see that kind of, uh, that kind of range from him. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, um, I'm just partial to Chris Hemsworth and pretty much anything that he touches, obviously big fan of the Marvel cinematic universe So seeing him as Thor. um, That's kind of how I see him, but I've seen him in several other things as well. And he is, you know, beyond being, you know, greatly handsome and chiseled. He's extremely charismatic. And sometimes I think it's overlooked how well spoken he is. I mean, yes, he's, he's uh, generally got that uh that uh, um, that accent uh, the Australian accent but it really doesn't doesn't it's not the focus i guess is what I'm trying to say the the dictation that he has uh or the, maybe dictation is the wrong word but uh, the the cadence of his speech and the way that he is able to um adjust uh body language and and that sort of thing to go with it i think that's one of the reasons that he does so well in whatever it is and being able to take a turn as a a, a villain this time even if it's kind of a a pulp novel style of, of villain is still really fun and he's able to bring out a little bit of depth to something like that uh seeing nick offerman always just makes me smile uh the guy is truly funny um if you uh, have not seen anything this gentleman has been in, uh, you should definitely go look at it. Both he and his wife are tremendously funny people um, and uh, just seem genuinely likable. He doesn't have a lot of screen time in this film, uh, very brief really, but you know, still just the little bit stays there, very serious role, doesn't really get to put in the comedic chops, but... It doesn't matter because he's always got that kind of stern face anyway, so it it works for what what they're doing here. Um, uh, I have not really seen much that Kaylee has been in. Um, uh, The only thing that I saw on the list of uh, uh, movies that she was in that really struck out to me was uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. I have not seen it. Uh, Sounds like a kind of standard action CGI film. Uh, So going into her performance, I'm kind of, you know, without any sort of expectations. Uh, She was able to pull off the mildly disturbing but sympathetic uh, character very well. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. Uh, You've got, uh, and again, Lewis Pullman, not familiar with this gentleman's work, but kind of interesting. He's going to be Maverick in the new Top Gun film coming out. Uh, just looking at the, at his appearance and his and his way of of, of movement and speech um, that that could be really interesting uh I, I think uh the whoever did the casting on that picked picked well and uh, he did well in this film as well so through a combination of just getting the star power there and the performances that the actors and actresses put in again, I don't have anything to nitpick. Um, I, I tried to find something that just bothered me about the performances or maybe was just a little bit off, and there was nothing. Uh, it it was darn near perfect in in, in the casting and, and the performance. So, again, I've got to give a 19 out of 20 uh, on that one. Uh, then we go to costuming and props. Uh, generally, it's a smaller point total, only having 10 points, Um now, this is this is kind of one of the other things that got me about this movie. It's a period piece. It, it happens uh, during the Nixon administration. Um, so it's quite some time ago, which means they get the chance to recreate that sort of fashion and that uh, that sort of uh, interactive uh, stuff. Um, often it's an excuse for, well, maybe that's, that's probably too strong. It feels like it's sometimes a little excuse to be simplistic or sloppy in terms of the types of clothing and the types of props and things that go along with it. So I'm usually often pretty critical of that. There are a lot of costume changes for several of the actors. Um, all of the wardrobe is fantastic. Um, it, you know, probably the simplest obviously is, uh, Jeff Bridges playing the, the father for most of it has the, has the, um, clerical kind of vestments on, but, <clears throat> but he also has, uh, the, um, the suit and mask, uh, when robbing the bank and that sort of a thing. And, um, you know, that it, it was kind of an interesting choice in terms of mask. It, I, i'm not sure what it kind of reminded me of but it, it tickled the back of my mind of something that that I, maybe i've sort of kind of seen before but it it, it the choice of mask uh, the way it was put gave just this little tint of menace which was really nice um without actually having it being you know just right up and in front um the changes in outfits for cynthia uh, they had her in several things uh, between the flashbacks of, of her work when uh, being a singer the very end of the film, when she's in her own performance, uh, the, the choice of wig. Um, I have to say that one kind of uh, surprised me. I, I feel like I should have seen that uh, ahead of time that she was wearing a wig for most of it. And when she took it off, it's like, oh, that's a really good wig. Um, it, it completely fooled me uh, on that. Um, so, I mean, that, that was definitely good. Uh, uh, John Hamm's suit was just so, so over the, t- maybe not over the top, but it was just on the nose of, I am the annoying salesman type of a suit from, from the, uh, from the period. So it was kind of, yeah, that, that was excellent. All the little bits and pieces for finding the, uh, for finding the listening devices throughout the room, his, case within a case that he brought the, the luggage um uh all of that was just just really good i mean pretty much every little detail from from all of the individuals uh it was it was on point um and i i couldn't find any fault with any of it i didn't see anything at least to me that looked like it was out of date in terms of props uh and, and clothing it all seemed to be correct for the period and it definitely. It was vibrant without being too vibrant. It it was just kind of dead on. So I'm actually going to give a perfect 10 out of 10 on costume and props there. Uh, Location. Um, There are not a lot of locations in this film. The movie is almost entirely within the hotel that they provide. I mean, there are some flashbacks where you get a campfire area. You get a studio uh, that uh, Darlene was in. You get the setting of the Bank robbery gone wrong for Father Daniel. Um, you don't really get any flashbacks for John Hamm's character. Um, so you know the 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 site of the murder scene for uh, Kaylee's uh, character. You know you get all of those. So those scenes were pretty much those maybe were the weakest parts <laughs> because they were so plain in comparison to the sight of the um to the side of the the hotel uh with that big red line right down the the middle to divide uh nevada and california and the 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 decor uh of the hotel um i i I wouldn't i have to look into this i don't know if this was uh done completely on set whether they uh, actually got a hotel and just you know gutted it out for the purposes of this, uh, film and created it, whatever it was, it, um, it was really, really neat, uh, keeping a similar aesthetic over two sides, but yet being different between the two sides, uh, the, the secret corridor with the windows and everything, it, it added that kind of Norman Bates, uh, kind of spookiness to To the hotel without it losing its charm at the same time, so so the way that they put this location together, there's plenty of space be able, to be able to to feel that the, how alone the the characters are in this, which is I think in, intentional and important. Um, you know, they're they're together, but they're not really together. Um, and it, It it was fantastic. Um, So I would give that nearly a perfect score too, probably nine out of 10 uh, on that one. Uh, And that kind of bleeds into the cinematography. With this location that they're working around, um, the the angles that they choose, the way that they put uh, some of the actors in the foreground and the background blends really nicely and helps to lead to the suspense and lead to the, the surprise uh, that you need to have um, when, when characters do something slightly out of, char- uh, not slightly out of character, but that you're not necessarily expecting. Instances where there's going to be uh, swift acts of violence that are super important, um, that the shotgun blast that uh, John Hamm takes uh, towards the beginning of the film um that ends up also hitting the the clerk at the same time the way that they did the angles on that and showed it from multiple angles since they're going from different perspectives that takes a lot of planning and uh and it's as far as i could tell it was flawless i mean there was nothing that was muddled i didn't feel like i was being hurried or being slowed down with the transitions uh, it wasn't too dark or too bright. It was always exactly right where it needed to be. Um, and again, the only times it seemed a little less impressive maybe was the outdoor shooting, um, for the campfire scenes when they're, um, uh, when they're exploring the, uh, the backgrounds of, uh, the, the cult members and, uh, everything like that. And it was a little dark, um, with the murder, um, uh, the murder scene when they're when they're shown the little clips of that things like that, that would probably be the only thing that drug that down. Again, I, I got to give it nearly a perfect score, probably an 18 out of 20 on that one. And then the plot. This is where a lot of times things fall apart, and this is where I can nitpick more. But again, I don't really have much that I can nitpick. Uh, I'm a big fan of changing perspectives. Uh, in movies. Uh, I'm a uh, bit of a dork when it comes to that. Uh, I like anything that can break the normal path of a story so that I can be more surprised than I normally am. I don't like to start a movie and know how it's going to end in the first 15 to 20 minutes. Um, And when they do this sort of thing, it helps me to stay into the film, which is fantastic. Um, But more than just that, the actual plot is really nice. I mean, sure they use some classic devices of, well, these people all just happen to be there at the same time with their own individual problems in the life. And yeah, that's very coincidental. But once they get past that coincidence, there really aren't any big plot holes that I could see. Everything flows, everything uh the character motivations are clear and the actions that they take are logical when you take that stuff into account the normal human reactions that you're going to see when things are going to happen there's proper character development for everybody uh, and there's act well nearly everybody uh, there's there's character history for pretty much everybody and the ones that uh, live long enough uh, a lot of them have significant changes in the way that they see things Um, which is, which is really nice. I'm, I'm a big fan of character development. It's really hard to do good character development in a two hour movie. Um, it's a lot easier in a television show, but you can do it. And this is a perfect example of being able to do it. Um, it's, it's really pretty good. Pretty much the only thing that I can nitpick in terms of the plot is that the character John Hamm plays the the FBI agent that finds all of the different listening devices. Um, His whole motivation of being as nervous as he was finding two sets of listening devices in this room before he has his crisis of conscience to try and help the girl that's being tied up. They never really go into who put those other listening devices in. They just completely leave that off and that was mildly annoying um but only mildly because the rest of the film was so good i would like to have known what they were implying with that i kind of wonder if there was maybe some sort of a scene that got cut for time or whatever that explained what those other recording devices were um but really uh the characters that died had a meaningful death in terms of uh, plot development or or character arc. It it was just really good. Again, I got to give it a probably a nineteen out of twenty. I don't really have any bonus points, uh, but it doesn't need it. That gives it a ninety-four, which is my highest score to date <laughs> at this point. Um, fantastic movie. Um, I will definitely be buying this on Blu-ray when it comes out. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's probably my favorite film that I've seen this year. And I think that they did a, an excellent job. I'm looking forward to seeing more by, uh, Drew Goddard. And as always, uh, the actors and actresses that were involved and just kudos to everybody. I, I cannot heap enough praise onto this film. Um, as always, we would love your comments in the comments section. Uh, tell us what you thought of the movie. Um, if you have any disagreements if you missed any or if i missed any little threads that you were able to pull on and couldn't kind of come up with a a reason that something occurred Um, also we are available via facebook and twitter at real pudding guys and at pudding guys Um, we would love to, uh, to hear your comments and feel free to follow us. And as always, you found us before. So I expect, you know, our website, www.everybodylovespudding.com until next time. I will see you.